This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangler, which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney Plus. Welcome to Thursday's solo episode. I am recording this early because I met with the guy that I hired for content creation to help me with the podcast account. And we're going to be working super closely. I'm creating all the content, but we will be sharing a Dropbox folder so I can put everything that I want posted about like the topics what I want the caption to be all that stuff will be me but I put it in this platform called notion and then he can create the actual content based on what I put in there so if I want like a meme that says something funny like he'll create it because what happens when I try and create my own content it takes me first of all forever I edit all my video stuff in iMovie, which is like not the best. I know that Adobe Premiere Pro or whatever it's called is the better editing tool, but it's also like I would have to get a second PhD in learning how to use Adobe software. So he uses all that stuff. So I can now send him podcast clips that I just edit very basically in my own little nerdy platform, iMovie. And he will jazz them up with captions and, you know, whatever I want it to look like. Like it'll be branded so that every clip from the podcast look the, looks the same. And then also um, the images. So when a guest comes on the show, like all those images will go out consistently and they will be the same, like looking the same. They will be branded. So I'm very excited to get that started. But part of what we were talking about was recording my solos a little bit more in advance because right now, like for example, last week I recorded it the day before, like the afternoon before it goes out, which I love that in the sense that it can be very topical and it's exactly what's going on in my life at that moment. But what I might do is do the solo episodes more like each one is one or two or three topics, get feedback from listeners and create the episode around that as opposed to it being like 
everyday kind of content or like the most up to date about what's going on in my life. So it's hard because I like doing both, which is why I always envision myself having an almost daily podcast that's shorter. So let's say one day it's like five minutes, the next day it's 10 minutes, then it's 20 and then it's back to five, like whatever I want to record that day and talk about and which will be very like this is what's going on right now because I would record it every morning and then put it up right away. No video, no like jazz, you know, like just a straight up everyday short form diary kind of topical what's happening in pop culture kind of podcast. So I feel like the daily shorts of podcasts are starting to become a thing. So, I mean, I've had this idea forever to start a brand new podcast. So maybe that's something that I'll look into. And then it's just like a little passion project because I have so much time, you know, Um, so much time to just start another podcast. But, you know, I think about it all the time. So maybe having to record these solos more in advance so that the podcast is more structured and we have social content that's very consistent, it makes more sense. So that might change a little bit. But because we talked about that today, I was like, oh, I should start, like I should record next week solo now, especially because we're trying to list our house next week and they're going to come by to do like photos and take videos and put up the sign and fix any like little last minute touches, touch ups on the walls and stuff like that. So busy times, busy times. One thing I wanted to mention today, speaking of like pop culture and things that are happening right now, I've been seeing clips from Taylor Swift's tour and oh my God, I am so obsessed with her sparkly outfits. Like, I can't. All I want to wear are sparkles. Do you remember the sparkly boots that my mama tried on in LA when we went to see Harry Styles? They were Steve Madden. Not, like, they they didn't really look like cowboy boots. Like, they were just cute, like, sparkly, like, so sparkly boots. I dream about those all the time. And Taylor Swift has this one outfit where she's wearing sparkly boots and they're they look just like those Steve Madden ones but they're pink like come on and then my husband and I went to the mall the other day and you know the store that's in the mall and it's called honey like h-o-n-e-y they always have the most poofy sparkly outfits and I'm like I'm so drawn to them I have nowhere to wear them like I work from home in my pajamas But I'm always so drawn to them. And I pointed the store out to my husband and I was like, this store always catches my eye. And I'm always like, oh my God, I want to wear that. But I literally have nowhere to wear any of that stuff. But anyways, her outfits on this um, Eras tour made me think of that store and just how I'm so drawn to like very sparkly poofy sequence kind of things but what I actually wear every day are sweatpants that I've worn for the last like four days and a t-shirt and a hoodie 
So anyways, that's just a little bit about me. In this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mental load that no one talks about because I put out a clip. I'm pretty sure it was from a podcast. Yeah, it was. It was a guest episode, but now I forget who I was talking to. Um, But anyways, I put out that podcast clip and it went somewhat viral. And then the Huffington Post emailed me about writing an article based on that topic. So they had sent me a bunch of questions and I answered them uh, via email. And then they wrote up this really nice um, article that featured me. And I was like, oh my God, am I famous? And yeah, so I was like, I should talk more about that on the podcast because people seem to be interested in it. There is a ton of content about the invisible load of motherhood and the mental load of motherhood, but I have never heard anybody talk about the the research, the nonstop consuming content, following creators who are parenting experts. You know, half this bookshelf beside me is full of parenting books or relationship books and that's another thing you're not only do and I'm going to speak I'm just going to generalize to moms because I think it's most often the mom that is you know right from the beginning researching about conceiving fertility um pregnancy labor and delivery like okay my husband's a physician so he has more knowledge than the average person when it comes to pregnancy, labor, delivery, and all that stuff. But I remember buying this book and I highly recommend it. It's called The Birth Partner, I'm pretty sure. And it goes through all the information you could ever want to know about labor, delivery, what to expect, how and like how to support somebody that's going through that. So I bought that. I read it. I was like, wow, it's incredible. But like my husband didn't read it. He didn't read a thing. I'm sure he didn't even Google one thing about like what to expect, like how to support someone. And we did some prenatal classes together. So that was good. Obviously, I'm the one that looked them up and signed us up for them and all that stuff. And this is not like a slight against my husband. This is just stating the fact the facts of how it is and the extra mental work and preparation and self, like not self-induced education, but like, uh, what's it called when you're like, you're, you're learning on your own. Anyways, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Um, Independent learning. There we go. Um, So yeah, it's just pointing out the facts of that this part of parenting, pregnancy, labor, delivery, this part of it is often just on one person. And then not only do they consume the content, seek out the content, teach themselves about all these different topics, then they relay all this information to their partner. And that is huge as well. And it can also be frustrating when, you know, for example, when we were having bedtime troubles with Milo and I 
in my mind because I had like researched and obviously my situation's a little bit different because doing this podcast and what I do online on social media, I have so many connections to people who are experts in all these different areas. So it's easy for me to reach out to them, explain my situation and then get help. But I'm, you know, making the assumption that most people are not in that position. And so it's even more work for them to, let's say, get help from someone or gather a bunch of resources, watch YouTube videos, whatever it might be, and come up with a plan on how to navigate, let's say, a bedtime struggle. So if you're the default parent and you're constantly doing bedtimes, then that's one thing. You implement all the information and the strategies that you taught yourself about. But that in and of itself sucks. Nobody wants to be the default parent that's the sole, the only person that's doing bedtime every single night. So if you're not and you share childcare responsibilities, which, hello, we should be, then it can be irritating when you see your partner dealing with a situation like a bedtime battle and they're doing it in what you would call the wrong way because you just did a shit ton of research for the last week talking to friends who have gone through the same thing, like doing all of, like collecting all of this data from like a Google search, from content creators, from friends who have gone through the same thing, listening to podcasts, like whatever it might be, parenting books. You have gathered all this information, figured out how to best utilize all these strategies for your specific situation. And now you see your partner who has done no research, has not, you know, bothered themselves with trying to figure anything out about whatever you're going through in this example, bedtime battle. And they're dealing with it just however they choose to react to it in that in that moment. And that pisses you off because you're like, I did all this work trying to figure out how to best handle this situation. And now I'm watching you just do whatever. So then usually what happens and what we do in in our situation is I will, like we will have a conversation about the bedtime battle and how we should be handling it so that we're both on the same page. But for the most part, like it's me laying out everything that I've learned and how I think we should handle that situation. So that's one example, like the bedtime battle. And this expands to so many different areas of parenting, nutrition, sleep schedules, what to put in their lunches, to not put in their lunches. Um, I made a little infographic here that I'm going to post soon. So gathering resources on sleep, nutrition, and behavior. Let me just, let me start over. So this is some of the things that would be considered the mental load that no one talks about. 
This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Milo used to always want pancakes or waffles in the mornings, and now he is getting into cereal, and I'm so excited because Magic Spoon is the perfect option. Their variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of carbs per serving. They're made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and I'm just so happy that he's getting a good amount of protein before he goes off to school. And it's a great snack for me and my husband too, because 13 to 14 grams of protein in the cereal, now you add a high protein milk, you're set. That is such a high protein snack or meal. I should also mention that it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash momroom to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momroom at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash momroom and use the code momroom to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. It is 2024. As busy parents, it's hard to completely overhaul our lives, but what we can do is make small changes that will make our lives easier. And that is where Little Spoon comes in. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Little Spoon offers baby blends, biteables, and plates. So baby blends is fresh, organic baby food. They have single ingredients, but also multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the Biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. Little Spoon also has smoothies and build-it-yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Gathering resources on sleep, nutrition, and behavior. So that would be Google searches, following parenting experts, listening to podcasts, reading parenting books, Um, We are constantly collecting data and information on all these different aspects of parenting and then implementing those strategies that we've learned about to and like using that in our parenting. Um, Keeping track of and worrying about food intake and 
how how your child is peeing, pooping, and sleeping. So that is especially, obviously, in the newborn stage. Um, that's a lot. Keeping track of all of that stuff and then trying to adjust how to do things in your day-to-day to to make those things better if there's a problem. Learning about and assessing developmental milestones. I feel like for the most part, there's one person that is on top of that stuff or who is even well-versed enough in developmental milestones to even be aware that maybe your child is behind or you should be doing X, Y, and Z to, to what's it called? Like, um, not enhance. I can't think of words, guys. Okay. We're trying to sell our house. It's just like a whole thing to ignite or to, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so you're gonna, you know, let's say it's speech that you're worried about. You are going to now look up speech content or speech professionals gather some tools and things that you can do throughout the day to try and, oh my God, what's that word? To try and, mm, oh my God, this is driving me nuts. What's it called when you like, oh my God, I'm going to think about it like halfway, like, oh my God. Anyways, you know what I'm saying? You're going to implement the tools. Um, Consuming parenting podcasts, social media content and books, researching products, and reading reviews on products. Are you kidding me? I think I spent Milo's what? Four and a half? Probably spent like a full year's time researching products and reading reviews on baby products. So there's that. And then yeah, the biggest part, having to relay all this information to your partner. Do you know how many times we were, you know, like we had to get a different car seat. This is a perfect example. So you know how you go from your infant car seat to the toddler or bigger kid car seat, whatever. So my husband's like, oh, we got to get a new car seat. I'm like, yeah, I want to get this one. Send him or show him what the car seat is. And it's like, then you get pushback on why you want that one because it's probably more expensive than another one. And my blood boils a little bit because in my mind, I'm like, now I have to sit here and explain why I want this one and not these 30 other options after researching for literally like two or three months about car seats. Like now you're questioning and then you have to like justify why you want this car seat versus the others. And it's like, you go do the fucking research. Okay. This, like, that's my life for everything. Same with the strollers. Like I researched strollers to no end. And because we had Milo when we were in Sudbury, I specifically wanted, because everybody gets the Uppa Baby one, but that's four wheels. And I was warned, like, if you're in Sudbury and you want to use the trails and winter time and you know there's like the sidewalks and the roads are like shitty it's best if you have a stroller that has the three wheels like one in the front and two in the back instead of the four wheels and I was like oh okay cool so I like researched to no end all these strollers finally pick one and then it's like well what about this one and I'm like no I I like x'd that one out three months ago 
when I was, you know, in this journey of researching strollers for a year. So anyways, this is all coming back to me. I'm like having flashbacks of how that feels. So if you go through that too, like I feel you. (sighs) Anywho, it could be anything as simple as like juice boxes. Well, why do you want this juice box? It's like 50 cents more than this one. I'm like, just stop. Okay. I research everything. So I will be the chooser of things. Okay. What else do we got? So anyways, this is like nobody talks about this part of it and I'm not sure why. Maybe nobody has really thought about it, but it's huge. Like research, educating ourselves, like it's nonstop. And that's literally all we do. And then we explain to our partners everything that we just found out. So that's huge. Just a side note, I'm done talking about that. Before Christmas, was this Christmas or Milo's last birthday? I forget. I think it was his birthday. So last year, before school was starting, my husband, I, I had this idea, like I got on this this like whole kick of I wanted to buy Milo a goldfish. So I had envisioned, you know, probably because I watch TV shows and cartoons and whatever, and they have this cute little glass fish bowl, like just a tiny little fish bowl with a like some colored rocks at the bottom and like a little tree and then a goldfish that like swims around the bowl. And I was like, that's so cute. Like I want him to have a little goldfish in his bedroom. So my husband and I go to PetSmart and we're looking at little tanks and the fish and things started to get complicated really quick. And I Google on my phone, just like, okay, how do you have a goldfish? Like what kind of water do they need or tank or whatever? It was the most complicated thing in the world. And I was like, I thought you could just put water in a bowl and put a fish in there and call it a day and give them some like flaky fish foods. No. We asked one of the people that works at PetSmart about getting a goldfish and they confirmed just how actually complicated it is. Like the temperature of the water, filtration system, they have to have like X number, like like the space that they have to have in the bowl. Some fish get lonely and they need a friend, but then some fish fight each other and will like fight to the death in the tank. Um... Like, it's nuts. And so I was like, okay, never mind. Like, this is way too confusing. And then my neighbor got fish for her kids and she said they died like right away. And I was like, yeah, because it's actually so complicated to have a fish. Like, they make it seem like you can just get a bowl, a fish bowl, fill it with water and that's it. And it's not. It's actually so complicated. So we never got a goldfish. But I was talking to my neighbor and when she brought that up I was like oh my god this all came back to me about how we were researching to get a fish and I was like holy shit this is way too complicated okay next thing that's just like a note that I wanted to mention or say is a few times now we'll be running errands in the afternoon and 
the sun, it's like the sunniest day in the world. And it's worse right now because when there's snow on the ground, the sun like reflects off the snow. So you got the sun coming into your eyes directly from the sun, but then you have the sun beaming into the snow and then like beaming from the snow reflecting into your eyeballs. So it's like a double whammy. And we'll be like running errands and the sun is blasting in my eyeballs and I get so irritated because I'm like trying to look at my phone or I'm trying to drive or I'm trying to do whatever and I can't. My eyes are like straining even if you have sunglasses on like it's so irritating and I was trying to understand why I get so irritated when the sun is in my eyes If I am intentionally wanting to be in the sun, like I'm at a pool, I'm on the beach, I'm, you know, enjoying a day in the sun, that's one thing. But when you're trying to do something else and you don't want the sun directly in your eyes, it's really irritating, like rage inducing, I would say. And I started to realize that, you know, I always talk about sensory overload well, that's literally another sensory, like an, another sensory input that is driving you nuts. So it's all the things. It's not just like Milo in the back, like, you know, the radio on. Now the sun is blasting in your face. So it's it's just another added sensory stimulation to be overloaded from. So the next time you have the sun in your eyes and you want to murder someone, just remember that. Like, oh, this is just another kind of sensory overload. Interesting. Okay, lastly, this is important, guys. Okay. Does anybody else think reusable bags are the stupidest thing to ever happen on planet Earth? Okay. I I can't anymore. At first, it was like some grocery stores had reusable bags and it was like, okay. But now you literally go buy a pair of socks from a store in the mall and they hand you like this small reusable bag. What the fuck am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? And also, we have a million now. Like now I'm not just throwing out dainty plastic bags. I'm throwing out reusable bags. Like we have so many reusable bags. I don't know what to do with them anymore. I don't know what to do with them anymore. Like today, I I donated books to Milo's school and I brought them in a reusable bag. And they're like, oh, do you want to take your bag back? And I was like, no, no, like take the bag. Every time we go to the grocery store, it's like, fuck, like you get to the cash, you put all your stuff out on the little freaking conveyor belt thing. And then I'm like, fuck, we forgot the freaking bags in the car every time. And then there's some grocery stores that still have, they'll use paper bags. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I can just throw them in recycling. Everywhere should just have paper bags. Like, give up the reusable bags. Every single store doesn't need to have reusable bags. 
Like, oh my God, it drives me nuts. What are we supposed to do with them? And then if you go shopping and you get like, let's say two or three things from, every time I I cannot take a bag, I don't take a bag. I'm like, I'll just throw it in my purse. Like I'm going back to the car. Like I don't need a bag. But sometimes you're shopping like Lululemon, Roots, whatever it is. And it's like reusable bag, reusable bag, reusable bag. Like I don't need 45 Lululemon reusable bags. And until we live in a world where it's just common to carry around our own reusable bags, like this is going to be a problem. What's worse, paper bags or these massive thick, plasticky, reusable bags that nobody is reusing. Okay, so I'm going to end it on that note. Um, I'm sure some people are just like, oh my God, what are you saying? Like, this is blasphemy. But this is how I feel about reusable bags. They drive me nuts. And we're literally drowning in them. Like we're drowning in reusable bags. Okay, well, that's it from me. Um, If you missed Tuesday's episode, definitely go check it out. It's with Sarah from Go Clean Co. And it was such a good conversation. I could talk to her all day. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening. And if you don't already, follow the podcast account at The Mom Room Podcast on Instagram because shit's about to go down, okay? And I hope your children sleep tonight and all the nights in the future.